Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As Hyder would say, the Bobster and the Vin Man. I like our guys. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Vin. Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for Bob and Vinny still with my guy Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass. We're here till 2 o'clock right here on The Fan on this Total Request Thursday. You request it, Quick Draw will play it, send it into the text line, and he'll take care of you from there. Joining us now via the WGK Law guest hotline, we got Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. He covers the Baltimore Orioles, of course. What's going on, Nathan? Hey, Cordell. Thanks for having me, man. For sure, man. Appreciate you making some time today. Orioles, I, I always try to – I think it's always funny trying to figure out expectations for the next year. I had a hard time coming together for my expectations for the Orioles this past season considering the surprise year they had the year before. How do you start evaluating expectations for this team for next year? Yeah, I think it's hard to expect them to win 101 games again. Just that's really hard to do. I don't think – I mean, you look at the rest of the sport, there are only two other teams that won 100 games. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. That's not to say that they're going to be a, a worse team. We might be talking, you know, this time next year about a better Orioles team that won fewer regular season mm-hmm. games just because that's maybe the nature of the sport in some ways. But I, I do think they're now in a position where they are going to be judged, not just by getting to the postseason, but how deeply they get into it. You look at last season, they get a taste of it, get swept out by the eventual champion Rangers. I think now the goal is to see how deeply can you go in the postseason. They might need to do that as a wildcard team. I expect, you know, bounce back seasons from the Yankees. You know, the Red Sox might try to take some steps forward as well. Uh, Obviously, the the Rays are still going to be a great team. The Blue Jays are still young, got a ton of pitching. So it's not going to be easy in their division to repeat as division champions, but I do think now that the goal and expectation is to make it back to the playoffs and see how far they can go. Nathan Felix Batista, of course, won a reliever of the year for the American League last night, the second Oriole to do that since Zach Britton, or the second Oriole with Zach Britton to do that for this team. 
I was talking earlier about, you know, how I felt like they didn't really miss the miss Felix Batista until maybe the back end of the year. But obviously it'll be a, a whole nother thing come next year where they have to go the whole year without him. And obviously Mike Elias is trying to fill that void, but it's going to be tough to fill the void of, of Felix Batista. How big of a loss will that be for the Orioles going into next year? Yeah, I think it largely depends on what they do to replace him. Like you mentioned, that is one of their priorities this offseason is adding someone to the back end of that bullpen. It might not necessarily be the closer, but it could be a closing option for them. You look at what happened to their bullpen once they lost Felix Batista. They didn't play as many close games. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a ton of save situations that popped up, but he was really the one guy in that bullpen that if you needed a strikeout, he could provide it. You had Shintaro Fujinami as well, but obviously some erraticism there, some inconsistencies, but uh, and Dia Hall really came on as well. But th- that bullpen just really wasn't the same in terms of getting strikeouts, which is obviously an important thing at the end of the game, trying to keep runners from advancing. We saw it happen with Yannir Cano a few times. He comes in for the 10th inning. The runner's automatically at second base. He's up two weak ground balls, but, you know, with the runner automatically at second, that can mean a run. So uh, I do think that it's going to be important for them to get kind of that strikeout option. Again, maybe not necessarily someone who's the definitive closer, but someone who Brandon Hyde can trust you know, with a couple runners on to come in and get a punch out. Because once Felix Batista got hurt, the, the bullpen really lacked that option. So I think that's going to be a big focal point for them. Obviously significant. You know, we're talking about the best reliever in the American League, arguably the best reliever in baseball before his injury got, you know, appeared on a few Cy Young ballots. So obviously a huge loss for them in 2024. We're talking to Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. He joins us via the WGK Law guest hotline. Is Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan and Nathan, to the starting rotation, we know that's another position of need. Uh, Michael Elias has made it clear they're looking for upgrades in their starting rotation. I mean, there are a lot of names out there. Is there any name that jumps out to you? And how confident are you that they'll be able to get the upgrade that they're looking for? Yeah, I think the the best path for them to make that upgrade is going to be via trade. Just when you look at the depth of the farm system, what's out there in terms of um, free agents and the you know, the costs and the years and the types of deals we don't necessarily expect the Orioles to give out. I think there are pitchers out there who would help them. But I also think if you look at, you know, maybe what they'd be willing to do on the trade market, Dylan Cease has two years left to control. you got Corbin Burns, Tyler Glasnow, Shane Bieber, um, who all have one year of control left. So there are options out there that would be legitimate, you know, you know, if not their number one starter, their number two starter, depending on how they view Kyle Bradish and Grace Rodriguez and how they want to slide, slide, you know, slot all those guys up. But, I do think that there are options out there for them. It's just a matter of how they want to do that, the level of prospect they're willing to part with. Obviously, there are guys in the system who are understandably untouchable, um, but I do think they have built the system that can, you know, weather some losses. We saw, um, we have seen them start to move on from some guys. We did see the trade for, to get Cole Irvin. They parted with Daryl Hernandez, who was their seventh best infield prospect at the time. They moved their, who then kind of moved into that slot and Cesar Prieto as part of, the uh, Jack Flaherty trade. So they have been willing to part from kind of that mid-tier prospect, I think, to get any, you know, a legitimate number one starter. They're going to have to move a little higher up their prospect rankings to do that. But they, I do think they have the depth to make that kind of move. It's just a matter of whether they're willing to do it. Money is always a big topic of conversation with this team, how much money they're going to spend. You know, coming off a year where they're first in the American League, they win the American League East, and they get swept in the ALDS. We've seen teams in the past, no matter what sport it is, when they feel like they're close, they go out and they really start to be aggressive in the offseason. How aggressive do you think this team will be this offseason? Yeah, it's tough to say just because I thought they would be really aggressive last offseason and then they made more, you know, supplementary, complementary type of moves. And obviously 
Kyle Gibson and James McCann and, and Adam Frazier and that, that group of players they brought in brought a ton of value. I mean, I don't think anyone thought much of the Danny Coulomb and Ryan O'Hearn trades at the time they were made, and those two were huge for them. Mm-hmm. So um, they didn't necessarily need to go out and make a big, splashy move to then follow that up with a 101-win season. But that said, they maybe got their eyes open a little bit in the playoffs. And how do you judge a 162-game season versus three playoff games? You know, that's for the Orioles front office to decide. Obviously, I think the end goal here from a fan base perspective is to win a World Series. But from an organizational perspective, there are business considerations as well. And um, if you go out and you have one of the bottom three payrolls in the league, but you have one of the best records in the league, then it kind of justifies the processes you're doing. And obviously, naturally, over time, the players they have are going to get more expensive. We're seeing it now with, you know, the number of arbitration-eligible players they have. And that will ideally continue to kind of be the case for them. You look at um, you know, a guy like Dean Kramer just missed being arbitration eligible. He'll be eligible next year. Guys like Adley Rutschman will progressively enter that. So um, it's it's kind of just a matter of time of, of that payroll steadily increasing. Um, the last thing you want, I think this organization wants to do is kind of pin itself in a corner necessarily and, and have a situation where it needs to lose out on some of these internal guys because it invested too much externally. Um, you would hope that the organization be able to balance those two things and kind of have an, an ideal world where they're able to make big free agent signings or swing big trades and extend some of these guys as well. Cause that's what healthy organizations do. And um, from all, you know, everything they're saying, this is now a healthy organization, but and, until they start doing those things, it's hard to commit one way or another in terms of how aggressive they'll be. We've, I feel like this has been a topic of conversation the last couple of off seasons. And it's about Anthony Santander, who was great this, this past year. I mean, he's put together some really good years, these last couple of seasons in your opinion, do you think he'll be on this opening day rock? Do you think he'll still be on the team when we get to opening day? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a, I get why it's a conversation because you're talking about a guy who is now one year away from free agency, who does have somewhat reasonably, there are internal replacements available. You have a ton of, um, you know, triple a outfielders who spent time in the majors last season. So you, you do have some options available if you choose to part with him. Um, I do think that if you make that trade, it can't be just for prospects. I do think you're going to need to get some reinforcement to the major league roster. Um, he's going to be, as of now, their highest paid player. And obviously that can change as the offseason goes on. And, um, but yeah, I, I understand why this is a decision for them. You'd hope, you know, you look at the quality of player he is in terms of the switch hitting mm-hmm. consistently in the number three spot, uh, probably underrated defensively in some ways and, and just brings a ton of value. Uh, yeah, you would hope that he's part of this team next season, but if they decide to make a move, you would hope it's a move that, um, you know, clearly frees a spot up for a Colton Cowser or Heston Kerstad and also maybe brings in some pitching, maybe solves another issue they have because they feel comfortable. Um, that said, like I mentioned earlier, they do have the farm system that if they feel like, you know, they want to part with some guys, they can probably do it without giving up an Anthony Santander and, and maybe, you know, cutting payroll to add payroll, one of those things. I don't, I don't know if that's something they necessarily need to do. Uh, they never opened the book, so I'm not sure exactly what all that looks like. But, um, yeah, I, I think I understand why that's a conversation point, why it's a possibility, especially when you look at how this team's up, operated financially. But at the same time, he, he brings a ton of value to this team, to this lineup, and you'd like to see him in it in 2024. Nathan, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you making some time for us today. We'll talk again later as this offseason continues to go along. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get to the whip around, see what went on in the world of sports last night. Wizards get dragged again. Duke, upset. We love to see that. 
We'll talk about all that and more next here on the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. Point lead, five seconds to go. He's got a finger on this. They do, and that is going to do it. The Hawks win. The first time that Duke ever comes to Bud Walton Arena, and Arkansas beats him 80 to 75. Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. It's the whip around. Cordell Woodland here for Bob and Vinny. Still with quick draw McGraw behind the glass. Looking around the world of sports right now, that call courtesy of ESPN. Duke upset by unranked Arkansas. Duke ranked number seven entering last night's game. Arkansas defeats Duke 80-75 to in the ACC-SEC uh, challenge. No more ACC Big Ten challenges. ACC-SEC challenge right there. And look, I don't really have an issue with it. Uh, quite a few quality teams in the SEC, so... I could get with that, especially if it's going to result in more Duke losses, which we all love no matter if Duke is in the ACC, Big Ten, doesn't matter. Uh, And speaking of upsets in the ACC-SEC Challenge, man, it was upsets all last night in that tournament. Number 17, North Carolina, they upset number 10, Tennessee, 100-92 in that high-scoring affair. Tennessee, they pulled a big-time comeback in the second half, outscoring North Carolina 53-39 but wasn't enough as they still lose to the Tar Heels by eight. The Tar Heels improved to six and one 
on the season. Virginia, they upset on uh they they upset number 14 Texas A&M 59 to 47 in the ACC SEC challenge as well to improve to 6 and 1. Always got to watch out for Virginia whether they've got a number in front of them or not. That is a team that's used to putting up big time performances and they did last night in the upset win over the Aggies. Uh St. Joe's, they upset Number 18, Villanova in the Big Five Classic last night, 78-65. to And that one in Colorado, uh, they lost to Colorado State. Number 20, Colorado State, 88-83. to And number 22, James Madison, they improved to 7-0 and on the year after they blew out Buffalo, 81-66. to On to the NBA. The Wizards, they continue to be the Wizards as they were blown out last night by the Orlando Magic 139 to 120 Wizards 3 and 15 on the year the Magic one of the early season surprises so far this year they improved to 13 and 5 8 and 2 in Orlando the highlight of that game was Cole Anthony and uh Jalen Suggs reenacting the LeBron and D Wade uh alley-oop that D Wade threw to LeBron I think that was against Milwaukee I want to say in that game when D-Wade did that uh, through the no-look alley-oop to LeBron. And as LeBron is catches, catching it in midair, D-Wade is running with his arms wide open. And Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, they reenacted that thing to the T last night. So Magic, they dominate the Wizards 139-120. The Lakers, they blow out the Pistons 133-107. Raptors, they beat the Suns 112-105. Grizzlies get back in the win column last night 105 to 91 over the Jazz. The Sixers, who played last night without Joel Embiid, they lose to the Pelicans 124 to 114. Zion Williamson with his season high, I believe, 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists. The Nuggets, they win by 10 over the Rockets, 134, 124, led by Nikola Jokic with another triple double, 32 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists at the center position. Nikola Jokic is just unbelievable the late game of the night the Clippers they beat up on the Kings in Sacramento Sacramento coming off I think both of those teams might have been on the back-to-back but I know the Kings were for sure uh De'Aaron Fox he drops 40 points in the loss the Clippers win 131 117 Kawhi Leonard 34 points and nine rebounds in the victory last night a couple of NBA games tonight uh you got a marquee matchup uh, with the Lakers and the Thunder. I love watching the Thunder play basketball just because I'm a big Shea Gilgis Alexander fan. So they'll tip off at 8 o'clock tonight. The Clippers and the Warriors, they're on NBA TV. They're the late game at 10 o'clock uh, tonight in Golden State as well. And of course, tonight in the NFL, you've got the uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on the Dallas Cowboys tonight. We'll see how that game goes. Seattle is a team that I don't think is that good um, and not probably not good enough to beat the Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas just is so good at home and they're so good against mediocre to bad teams at home. So I expect Dallas to win this game because it's predictable. They're a predictable team. That's just the way these things go. But Seattle's at the point now where they're going to have to start putting together some quality performances here soon. It's been a bad year. For Geno Smith to this point in the year, Um, we'll see if he could turn it around against that tough Dallas Cowboys defense tonight. Of course, that game at 815, and you can hear that game right here 
on the fan. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get back to the Ravens. Ravens entering the bye week at 9-3 and three right now, sitting atop the division, sitting atop the conference. We'll talk about what guys will be their second-half stars for the Ravens this year. 410-583-1057 is the number. If you want to jump in, who do you think will step up big for this team down the final stretch of the season? We'd love to hear for you from you, and we'll talk about it next here on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. MLB, NFL, NCAA. Get it all right here. 105.7 The Fan. Three second and five. We'll keep an eye on it. As Mitchell breaks it. There's that speed. Mitchell to the end zone. Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for Bob and Vinny still with my guy Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass. Coming up at 11.45, we'll take a trip through the funhouse with Quick Draw to see what the text line is talking about on this total request Thursday. You just heard that audio courtesy of CBS, Keaton Mitchell getting the touchdown in that highlight. And I think it'll be more touchdowns in the future for Keaton Mitchell. Obviously, they are showing that they're going to utilize this kid more and more. He got the start Sunday night against the Chargers. And look, I don't know if he'll get the start every week, but I do expect him to be a part of the game plan in some sort of capacity every week. He's got game changing speed. He's got home run hitting ability. And it's not a lot of guys on that offense that have that. So when you do find a guy like Keaton Mitchell that can beat teams inside the tackles, that can hit the edge and burn guys out of their angles. I would imagine he's going to be a big focal point of what they do going forward the rest of this season. On offense as well, when you start looking at guys that are going to continue to step up with the loss of Mark Andrews, I know he didn't do a lot Sunday night, but I still think Odell Beckham is going to be one of the bigger beneficiaries of the loss of Mark Andrews. I think Beckham Sunday night, it was pretty much playing that he wouldn't do a lot in that game, he's still nursing the shoulder injury. They got the bye week right after that game. So I just think they wanted to allow him to get out there, run around a little bit, uh, make some plays out in L.A. where, of course, he loves to play and to be back on that field where he you know, he suffered his last major injury in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, I, I do think Odell will be really good for this Ravens offense in the second half of the season. We saw it the last three games going into the Chargers game that he had gotten a lot more comfortable and Lamar had really started to trust Odell 
a lot more. We saw him go over 100 yards in that Bengals game. What, the two games prior to that, he finds the end zone. So I think Odell is going to be a big part of what the Ravens are doing going forward. And I think as he gets healthier, uh, they're going to lean on him more and more in the passing game. On the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it's tough to say who's going to step up because all of these guys have been stepping up right now. I mean, I would look for Marcus Williams to start making more of an impact. He start, he's looking like he's getting more and more comfortable right now playing with that shoulder injury um, or that pec injury, I should say. So uh, I, I, I think that as Marcus Williams continues to get his feet wet and continues to play with through this injury, he'll start to look more and more like himself. He's starting to show more confidence in that shoulder. At least I thought he did in the win over the Chargers on Sunday night. So I think as the as the year goes on, as these games get more and more intense, they're going to need Marcus Williams to kind of be that aggressor, the way that he likes to play, likes to play aggressive and, and hit guys and be physical. And they're going to need him to do that in these last final uh, five games and beyond. Let's grab a call real quick. 410-583-1057 is the number if you want to jump in. Let's go to Kai in Town. Kai, you're on the fan. What's up, fellas? Vinny, hey, what's going on? I mean, uh, Vinny, uh, Cordell, what's happening, man? What's How up, you man? How you baby girl doing, man? Oh, he's I'm a baby boy. I'm yeah. all over. <laughs> it's all good. Today, <laughs> today's actually his birthday. My man turns one today, so shout out my man, Jax. Wow, Happy birthday. Wow, that's fast. It's Happy crazy. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, get some sleep, too. I see you still trying to catch up. I told you you going to want that sleep, man. I told you. <laughs> you look, wasn't uh, lying. Yeah, let me say this, man. Odell Beckham, I agree with you. Uh, I think he needs to step it up. I think playoff Odell is on the way for the Raven fans. He's a good, you know, great route runner, good hands. And he still put pressure on the defense. He, at this uh, age in his career, he still put pressure on the defense. So, if he can step it up a little bit, of course, tomorrow he has to control it control offense, he's the engine that make, make everything run. Uh, Gus Edwards, you know, still be Gus. Uh, tight end, likely. I think they probably imp- implement a little more plays for him. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about our uh, offense. Defensively, like I just mentioned, uh, uh, Marcus Williams, and um, I think Ronald Darby needs to step up a little more. Our corners, man. I mean, you know, they're doing a good job. I can't say nothing bad about our defense, Rokon and all those guys, man. But I will tell you a guy that I want to step up, and I think he's starting to turn it up a little bit, Travis Williams. I mean, we've been talking about this guy in the offseason, but now is the time to get that push up the middle and uh, help Clowney and those guys get the outside. So I'm thinking, like, maybe, man, uh, we probably, in the next, what, we got six games left? Five. I'm thinking maybe one. I'm five. I'm thinking maybe one loss, and of course San Francisco. That's a tough game going over there playing mm-hmm. that team right now. But it's like it's still, when you think of Brock Purdy, Cordell. It's like, huh? Do we really feel fear Brock Purdy? You know Brock Purdy, but you can't take away what he has done thus far. But man, I'm like Brock Purdy. I, I, he, he don't scare me at all, Cordell. I think this defense ready, and um, to be honest, when she's gonna come down to coaching, I say it every year, man. It's going to come down to coaching, making the right adjustments in the game and after halftime, even after even after possession, when you start to get down into the playoffs. You want to change your, your your formation. You can still run the same different plays out of the, uh, the same formation. I don't see why they don't do that sometimes. They are. But, but anyway, Corey, I ain't going to hold all the time, but, man, I'm just calling you. No, nah, I appreciate the call, Kai. Yeah, I appreciate the call. A lot of good points there. On Brock Purdy, I'll say this. No, you don't have to fear Brock Purdy, but you got to respect him. You, you, I think 
I think people, I think fans look at Brock Purdy and say, look, he doesn't have the arm of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. You know, he doesn't have the wow factor that Lamar Jackson has. You know, he he just gets it done. And I think people have got to start, we, we got to start putting some respect on these quarterbacks because it's tough to play that position, man. And I, what I always hear people say is, oh, he's got all this talent around him and it's easy for him. How many other quarterbacks have had a lot of talent around them and it hasn't looked the way that it has for Brock Purdy? The dude rarely makes a mistake, very rarely makes a mistake. You don't see that very often from starting quarterbacks. He's incredibly accurate with the ball. And I say this all the time. He knows where to go with the ball. That dude processes information so fast and he reads defenses so fast you don't really see people fool him. So what he does is he always finds the open guy and he always gives them an accurate ball. So you look at like George Kittle, a lot of the plays that he makes. George Kittle gets the ball in open field and he takes it to the house because he's getting a great ball that's allowing him to kind of catch it in stride and be gone. He's hitting Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. I mean, I I think Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback. I'm not saying he's elite, but I definitely think he's better than what people give him credit for um, in terms of the guys that you mentioned in terms uh, for the guys that are going to step up in the, in the second half or guys you're looking for to step in up in the second half. You mentioned Ronald Darby and I believe I believe you were talking about Travis Jones uh, on the interior defensive line. I, I think they like Darby. Darby has gotten the start the last couple of games over Rocky. Sin. Rocky Sin seems to be the one that's kind of in the doghouse a little bit right now, but it seems like they do like, Ronald Darby and Darby's been okay. You know, he's he's been serviceable. He hasn't made any glaring mistakes right now. Nobody on that defense really has to this point. It's tough to really nitpick what they're doing on that side of the ball. But I, I think Darby's been fine, you know, all things considered. Travis Jones, I thought I think Travis Jones is having a really good year. Um, I think that's the main reason why you're not seeing as much of Broderick Washington as you saw last year. Broderick Washington still can help them. We saw him get the sack. Sunday night, but Travis Jones is becoming a big-time force in the middle of that defensive line, not only in the run game, but also in the pass game as well. Quick draw for you. You know, we're talking about people showing up in the second half. Who who are you looking for uh, to stepping up? First one that comes to mind, I'm looking for Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I mean, we're all looking for you it. talk about first-round wide receiver, the expectations that come with that. Mm-hmm. I understand there's only one ball to go around in this offense, but I mean, he hasn't even surpassed 300 yards on the no. season, just one touchdown. And he's better than that. I feel like he's a better he's a better player than what the numbers are showing right now. And I will say this about him. The last game they played, the Chargers, he had an early drop in that game or something didn't go his way. They went right back to him on mm-hmm. the very next play. He made a tough catch, mm-hmm. brought it in, and I'm saying – okay, that's something we haven't seen from him. Right. Where he sort of just immediately eliminated the mental part of the game, put the bad play behind him, came right back and made a good play. I was impressed by that, and then it goes back to disappearing. And I don't even know how much of it is all on him, right? I mean, he can't throw the ball to himself. And he is—he does have those moments, like you mentioned, the one where he doesn't come back to the ball on that curl route, and it, almost, and it gets knocked away by the defender. He comes right back and shows the catch radius and goes up and really snags that ball 
out of the air. And you mentioned him being able to kind of win the mental aspect by, by moving on from that negative play. I, I'll say that about Bateman. We're, we're all looking for him to produce more on the field, but off the field mentality wise, you know, because in the past you can kind of, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, right? You know, when he's not in the best mood. And I think this year he's done a really good job at trying to control what he can control. I think the Steelers game was a big moment mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. That's the one that everyone's going to remember. Yep. The And look, he wasn't the only one to have a drop no. in that game that led to the loss, but his was maybe the most memorable because mm-hmm. it happened in the end zone. And he was wide open. Wide but open. still, he kind of, that derailed him for a week, maybe two. But he came back from that, started to get a little momentum going. But I feel like every other receiver in this offense has had a big game. Mm-hmm. Zay's had his big games. That's true. Odell had the big game against the uh, the Bengals a couple weeks ago. Yep. Mark Andrews, of course. Even Aguilar. I was about to say, even Aguilar's had Aguilar's had a big game. I think the first Bengals game was his mm-hmm. big game. Bateman is yet to cross, I even want to say, 40 yards in a game. Again, just the one touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, say, next week against the Rams, he goes off for mm-hmm. 110, two touchdowns. But when's it going to happen? That's the thing. It's it's winning. It's it's almost now or never because, you know, the schedule isn't getting any lighter and they need the receivers to step up now with Mark gone. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, they'll put Isaiah likely a tight end and he'll be he'll do all that. No, it's not going to be a one man replacement for Mark Andrews. And I think the wide receiver core is the ones that are going to kind of pick up more of the responsibility in the receiving game than likely in Colaire. I'm I'm looking for Beckham, like I mentioned. Obviously Zay, I think is going to get even more involved. But Bateman, while he may not be as involved as as let's say Zay and Beckham on an on an average base on an average uh basis, I think Bateman can still make a similar impact. He can be the efficient guy, right? They're still they do throw the ball to him down the field. And they're not connecting, but they're taking shots. So that's kind of where he can make up that separation where he may get three or four less targets than those guys, but he could still end up being one of the big-time contributors because he's the one helping get the chunk plays. Lloyd, in, in the short term, they're winning. They're 9-3. and three. Right. They've got Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, say you finish the season, Bateman's fully healthy. That's the other thing. He's actually out yeah. there for once. Yeah. Um, but his stats aren't flashy. Finishes the year with that, but they're winning – they go on a playoff run. Fan base in the short term should be happy, mm-hmm. but then we're going to be having these conversations in the offseason. Oh, well, Bateman's not worth the fifth-year option and all that. So it all does matter at the end of the day, but right now it should be just about winning. So that's where I kind of subscribe to the whole, okay, there's only one ball. Just get it done. Just get it done. If it's got to be one guy, one game, somebody different than next, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But we will have these conversations again. Yeah, and you hope that Bateman eventually does have his moment. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get we'll bring my guy Quick Draw back in as we take a trip through the fun house and see what the text line is talking about next here on the fan house. Quick draws fun house. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. 
just a reminder to the listeners, tomorrow is Featured Artist Friday. Yes. So get your votes in for that, uh, or else you're going to be subjected to whatever Cordell <laughs> and myself pick. Uh, so we'll see. Always plenty of suggestions, just a matter of how many good suggestions. Every vote matters. Every vote does count, though. If you submit it, it does count. Uh, we'll start with Kevin and Falston. Uh, who says, Brock Purdy reminds me a little bit of Eli Manning and the criticisms he got in his career. Uh, Eli never got credit for winning uh, as much as he should have, making plays. Uh, people always hesitated to call him elite. Yeah, I mean, and I've been one of those people. I, I don't know if I've ever called Eli Manning elite, right? I mean, he's he won games. He won two Super Bowls. And one of them, you know, they defeated one of the best teams in NFL history to do it. Um, granted, they needed an, an insane uh, helmet catch to, to make that happen, but it was done. It, it was done. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Purdy at times is, is such a big Eli has such a big repertoire and a, you know such a, a big catalog that it's tough to say it. But I think Eli didn't have the accuracy that Brock Purdy shows at times. Brock Purdy can be insanely accurate with the ball, um, and Eli can be loose with the ball. We haven't seen Brock Purdy outside of a couple of games here and there really have turnover issues. That's that's the one separation. But I, I see what the texter is talking about for sure. The criticism is a little bit different. Like, I feel like Purdy gets called a system quarterback, mm-hmm. right, because there's so much praise for Shanahan and what right. they're doing over there. But I don't recall Eli ever getting that label. No. Not even, like, game manager. No. I mean, Eli was trying to sling the ball right. all over the field. I mean – and I've always kind of scoffed at that system quarterback thing because, I mean, we saw Garoppolo in San Francisco. We saw Trey Lance in San Francisco. It it didn't look like this is, is all I'm saying. It's not as – I think people try to make it seem like Brock Purdy's replaceable when in actuality I don't think he is. How about this one here from Howard in Baltimore who says, uh, with Brandon Hyde getting or winning AL Manager of the Year – Uh, This, to me, says that he should be in line for a big extension, five-year deal moving forward. He's proved himself uh, when any athlete in any sport wins, they're rewarded with a contract. Hyde should be no different. Well, I mean, it's tough to really have a take on that because the Orioles are, like, zipped up when it comes to how long Brandon Hyde is there, how long Michael Elias is going to be there. Michael Elias was asked at the end of the season press conference about his future, he and Brandon Hyde's future, with the team and all he did was guarantee that they'll both be back this upcoming season so we don't even know what his contract situation is like for all we know he did just get an extension we we just don't know uh this one just rolled in good point says can't spell elite without eli uh, that is true <laughs> it's that, right there. that is true uh it's built in <laughs> it's, it's built in i mean have, have you ever looked at eli manning as an elite quarterback no joe flacco yes but that's a whole different debate around here i mean I uh, of course i mean you want to look you win a super bowl you, you're all right with me and eli's got two of them things so I, I do put some respect on eli's name but I, I, eli was just never i mean the whole big thing between he and philip rivers on draft night i mean who 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 would you rather between those two guys understanding that philip rivers never went on to win anything yeah i mean well they, that raises the question okay at eli's peak how high up the tier rankings was he? Like at his peak, was he Still sixth, not elite. fifth? Like there was always guys ahead of him. Right, right, and and I, I think you can make the argument at times that Philip Rivers was never the best quarterback in the league, 
Philip Rivers, uh, I don't know. I, I've always liked Philip Rivers. Uh, he's got the ugliest throwing motion probably in NFL history, but the dude is probably the biggest competitor. And he just used to pull some games out his butt sometimes, man, with some of those plays he would make and getting up and getting into the faces of defenders. But I don't know, man. Eli is just, I think, one of the toughest quarterbacks to grade in history. And how about one more here? Talking about the Ravens. Texter says Eric DaCosta needs to get some real credit for putting this team together, whether it was uh, signings this year, Clowney, Van Noy, but drafting. I know we uh, criticized 2019, but 2020 starting to look a lot better with guys like Matabike and Queen popping. Yeah, I mean, look, I give Eric DaCosta his credit. I mean, I, I think he did a really good job putting to, putting this team together this year. And look, you can make the argument that he's done that in the past as well, but the Ravens have had so many major injuries to big-time players that it's tough to stay the course without some of those guys. And I, we can make the argument that maybe DaCosta didn't build his team to be deep enough to withstand some of those injuries. Okay, but there's nobody that Eric DaCosta could have gotten to prepare him for the loss of Lamar Jackson, to prepare him for the loss of Marlon Humphrey. It was the year that they lost pretty much everybody. J.K. Dobbins, all of these guys, Ronnie Stanley. It's just at a certain point, enough is enough. So, I look, I, I think DaCosta deserves credit for this team that he's put together, and I've criticized him on moves that I feel like he could have made. I still think I would I would still rather have DeAndre Hopkins than Odell Beckham. That's just me. But tomato, tomato, you still got Lamar signed long-term. You still got your veteran wide receiver that you wanted, that you're hoping can help you late in the season. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I do think Eric DaCosta has done a pretty good job with this team that he's put together. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get you some news from the Nest. We'll continue to listen to some of these coaches. Of course, it's a bye week, so a lot of coach talk this week, so we'll see what some of the coaches for the Ravens are talking about over at the Castle. That's next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 